Welcome to the St. Paul's Episcopal Church podcast. Here, we will share our thoughts, voices, and prayers. St. Paul's is a progressive community of faith with ancient roots. You can find out more about St. Paul's at their website, stpauls.dioup.org, or find us on Facebook. If you would like to share your words on this podcast, send us a message. May God's peace be with you today and always. In today's podcast, Charlie West reads his poem, Inspired by the Longest Night, and shares some information from the church and world calendars, including information about Thomas Beckett, Ricky Nelson, Isaac Asimov, a covenant prayer by John Wesley, and more. He also gives us this week's challenge, What would be one line from a song or poem or play that you keep in mind as you look back over the past year? What would be one line you would keep in mind as you look ahead? You can read along in Charlie's blog, Words Twice a Week, at wordstwiceweek.blogspot.com. Words Twice a Week, 1227. And just a reminder that there are a number of links on the website if you're interested in following those. Last week's challenge, Longest Night Poem. Here's what I came up with. Temperatures and snowflakes fall. Dark comes early. Light comes late. Our world pulls in, becoming small. We sit beside the fire and wait to hear the springtime siren call. But first, the winter must abate. There's time to think and read and write. Or maybe binge watch something tonight. Okay, best I could do. Not too profound. Feel free to make any change. This week's challenge, what would be one line from a song or a poem or a play that you keep in mind as you look back over the past year? What would be one line you keep in mind as you look ahead? Well, I know what I would choose for the first one. I'll have to think about the second. Okay, like I said, the church pushes St. John to December 28th this year. Here's one last bit on John from Norman McLean's A River Runs Through It. In our family, there was no clear line between religion and fly fishing. We lived at the junction of great trout rivers in western Montana, and our father was a Presbyterian minister and a fly fisherman who tied his own flies and taught others. He told us about Christ's disciples being fishermen, and we were left to assume, as my brother and I did, that all first-class fishermen on the Sea of Galilee were fly fishermen, and that John, a favorite, was a dry fly fisherman. So some days from the church calendar, and again, December 28th, 
uh, more nearly be the holy innocents or the children of Bethlehem, the story in Matthew 2, 16 to 18, that when Herod realized he had been outwitted by the wise men, he ordered the killing of all the boys under two years of age in the vicinity of Bethlehem. Most scholars think it's just a story possibly prompted by Pharaoh's attempt to kill the Hebrew babies before Moses was born. There's no historical record of it ever happening, which is good. On the other hand, while we are gassed at the cruelty attributed to Herod, what about our own country where some children are separated from their parents and many children go hungry? Perhaps a day to think about them. <clears throat> the 29th, Thomas Beckett. He was Archbishop of Canterbury from 1162 until his murder in 1170. He engaged in conflict with Henry II, King of England, over the rights and privileges of the church and was murdered by followers of the king in Canterbury Cathedral. Alfred Lord Tennyson wrote a play, Beckett, about it. T.S. Eliot wrote Murder in the Cathedral. The pilgrims in the Canterbury Tales are on a pilgrimage to the shrine of Beckett at the cathedral. The king's exact words are in doubt, and several versions, versions have been reported. The most commonly quoted, as handed down by oral tradition, is, Will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? But according to historian Simon Shama, this is incorrect. He accepts the account of the contemporary biographer Edward Grimm, writing in Latin, who gives us, What miserable drones and traitors have I nourished and brought up in my household, who let their lord be treated with such shameful contempt by a low-born cleric? Many variations have found their way into the popular. And then some days from the Earth and World calendar, December 28th, Maurice Ravel died in 1937. He wrote Bolero, What Comes to Your Mind, um, Bo Derek and Ten, or uh, Torval and Dean, or um, the Endangered Species Act of 1973 was signed on December 28th by none other than Richard Nixon. December 29th, Rainer Maria Rilke died in 1926. Here's one of his poems. It could qualify as the longest night poem. The bleak fields are asleep. My heart alone wakes. The evening in the harbor down his red sails takes. Night, guardian of dreams, now wanders through the land. The moon, a lily white, blossoms within her hand. Also on December 29th, Congress passed OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Hazards Act, in 1970. Christina Rossetti died in 1894. She wrote In the Bleak Midwinter. On the website, there's a uh, link to a piece about another one of her poems, None Other Lamb, and a musical setting of it. On uh, December 29th in 1890, the U.S. Army killed, massacred, between 250 and 300 men, women, and children of the Lakota people at Wounded Knee. Um, December 31, John Wycliffe died in um, 1384. He was an English reformer. His writings legitimized the confiscation of ecclesiastical property. He insisted on scripture as the sole criterion of Christian truth, and he was one of the early translators of the Bible into English. The first ball drop in Times Square took place in 1907. 
And on December 31st, Ricky Nelson died in a plane crash on, in 1985. If you got to play a garden party, I wish you a lot of luck. Memories were all I sang. I'd rather drive a truck. Actually, the whole Madison Square Garden concert event was apparently a little more confused than it at first seemed to him. Maybe a time to uh, end the year remembering perceived slights, deciding to assume the best intentions of all involved, and begin the new year with a clean slate. Here's a covenant prayer from John Wesley's Watch Night service. I am no longer my own but thine. Put me to what thou wilt, rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low by thee. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Thou art mine, and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Wesley wrote that he found the covenant renewal service quite meaningful. He said many mourned before God and many were comforted. And it was an occasion for a variety of spiritual experiences. Afterwards, many desired to return thanks, either for a sense of pardon, for full salvation, or for as fresh manifestations of his graces, healing all their backslidings. In London, the service was usually held on New Year's Day. Throughout the country, the service was held whenever Mr. Wesley visited the societies. So January 1, the Emancipation Proclamation, proclaimed in September of 1862, took effect on this day in 1863. January 2nd, it's the birthday of Isaac Asimov in 1920. He wrote or edited 500 books. He was first and foremost a science fiction writer, one of the big three, along with Robert A. Henlein and Arthur C. Clarke. He said, no matter how various the subject matter I write on, I was a science fiction writer first, and it, as, is, and it is as a science fiction writer that I want to be identified. But he was also a professor of biochemistry. Boston University. He wrote mysteries. He wrote a guide to the Bible, a guide to Shakespeare, and several collections of limericks, including limericks too gross. There were 144 by Asimov and 144 by John Charity. As a part of his robot series of books and stories, he devised the three laws of robotics and later added a zeroth, a, ro a robot may not harm humanity or by inaction allow humanity to come to harm. January 3rd is the birthday of J.R.R. Tolkien in 1892. So he would be um, 129, just a year or two short of the age at which Bilbo set out from the Grey Havens with the elves and Frodo for the undying lands. I don't know. Would you want to live forever? Sounds kind of long to me. That's it for now. Happy New Year.